So this is Intertwine Part 5, and if you haven't been around, or just to remind you, if you have, what we've been talking about is the book of 1 Timothy, and we're going through this book. And the book, the theme really of it is that both belief and life are intertwined, that you can't separate the two, that we get ourselves into trouble when we do that, when we say, oh, I'm just about what I believe, man. It doesn't really have to impact how I live. Or if we just say, well, I'm about you know, living rightly, but it doesn't really so much have to do with God or a relationship with God. And so we've been talking about how it's got to be both. It's got to be this belief in Jesus that impacts our life, not only impacts our life, but really fuels our life and enables us to live the life that God has called us to. And so uh, tonight we're going to be talking about an unpopular word, and that word is authority, okay? And this word authority, I mean, as soon as I said it, some of you guys were like, I came here for this tonight. I mean, as soon as I said it, others of you guys were like, uh, just instantly a face came to mind, somebody, an authority figure in your life you don't like, somebody that's just, you know, maybe it's a parent or it's a teacher or if you're older, it's a, it's a boss, it's somebody at work, it's somebody at the office. And, and so you just think to yourself, oh, you know, I don't even want to hear a message about authority. I don't want to think about authority. But what's incredible is, is that as Paul points out to Timothy, that if belief and life are intertwined, if what we believe is supposed to affect how we live, then what we believe about Jesus, the fact that he died and rose again, this relationship we have with him, that's got to affect how we interact with authority, with the authority figures in our lives, with the people in our lives that we might look at and kind of shy away from. I feel a bit frustrated about our relationship with them right now. Uh, I was thinking about this. I was like, why is it that we dislike authority so much? You know, what is it specifically and some of you guys might be thinking, well, the authorities in my life, they just don't get it. Or, you know, they're, they're just overbearing. And, and maybe that's true a little bit in your life. But I think what it really comes down to is this, all right? The reason none of us like authority is because it means we don't get our way, right? I mean, isn't that really kind of the bottom line? Like authority says, no, do it this way. And we go, no, I want to do it that way. And so we don't get our way. And we kind of look at them. And, and, and I think because we don't get our way, then what do we tend to do? We tend to just respond. We react. We respond out of usually frustration, anger, annoyance. It's a parent. It's a boss. It's a coworker. It's a teacher. And now because we're not getting what we want, right? We're kind of acting like my little three-year-old, right? And we're kind of just reacting or responding to the fact that they're stopping us from being able to do what it is that we want to do. Think of my son Landon, man. I mean, he, you know, was walking around with metal objects trying to stick them in outlets, okay? I mean, uh, I'm this cruel authority figure trying to forbid that, you know? Son, I want to protect you from electrocution. I'm sorry, I'm such an evil dad, you know? But in his eyes, it's like, well, who is this bald guy telling me what to do, you know? And uh, he just doesn't understand why I'm trying to do that, you know? I think of us here at the church. We have, uh, like, there are several of us on staff here, but but Pastor Bravon, the guy who runs the morning service, is the, is the head pastor. And uh, you know, he's let us do some really awesome things here in the church over the years, uh, but there's always limits, you know, like one of our ideas is we, we uh, have no way to get downstairs from the stage, from the back here. So we had the idea, we, we wanted to put a fire pole in the back, so we just kind of go down to the back cave after the service, you know, and uh, it, it, we didn't even ask him, honestly, because we just knew what the answer would be, and we even kind of came up with a workaround, like, like we knew he'd say no. So what we would do is we would just kind of do it, and then there's a metal cabinet back there, and we'd hollow it out. So you have to, like, go in the cabinet and then down the pole, you know. But you know what? He's, he's authority. And so we didn't do either yet. Oh, no, no. We didn't do, we didn't do either. And we, we won't. We won't. We won't. We'll do it on that side. Oh, um, no. Uh, but th- that's the thing. It's like, I want to do this, right? And so it's the same for you guys. You, you teenagers, it's, you know, oh, I want to be out till 1. My, my parents said 11. My parents said 10. I... Uh, I 
for those of you guys that, you know, at school, I, I wanted to write my paper on this, or I wanted to hand it in then, and they wouldn't let me, or they don't understand that I, you know, I had this situation this week, right? My dog ate my homework, and no, for real, he did, and you know, so I got to try to work this out, but they wouldn't give me the extension, and, and so what do we do? We just lash out, we react, right? It's those of you guys that work in an office, or you work, you know, as adults in some kind of business or something like that, and you are just saying, this is the way this should be done. I, I know how to do this. I, I could do this better than you. And maybe that's true. You know what? Maybe you could do it better than your boss or your superior at work. But the reality is, guys, is that there's still an authority in our life. And so tonight, I want to talk with you guys because that's what Timothy does here, okay? I didn't just choose this. That's one of the good things about kind of going through a book of the Bible is you talk about things you wouldn't normally. You know, I'm not sitting at home like, I'm going to talk about authority this week. You know, I'll get everybody real excited, you know? And so... I want you to be excited about this message, though. And the reason I want you to be excited is because for some of you, and I've just been praying all week this for you, all, all week, this would be true for you guys, that it would transform those of you guys in here that are living at home right now, which is probably a good majority of you, that it'll just transform your home. It, it'll, it'll literally transform your relationship with your parents, these authority figures that live in your home. For those of you guys who are older, out of the house, but you have a boss, my prayer is that your workplace will be transformed because of this. That because your belief in Jesus would affect how you react to the authority, how you interact with that authority, that suddenly Tuesday, when you go back to work, it'll be like a new office for you. You'll be on a new mission. You teenagers, you go home tonight. You college students, you go home tonight. That you walk through that door and you are literally on a new mission. You are a different person because of what we talk about here tonight. This is powerful stuff. This is important stuff. This is life-changing stuff. You guys that are in school, the way you treat teachers, right? It's my prayer, seriously, as we end this year, that your teachers will be looking at you cross-eyed for the next month. Like, who are you? Like, what on earth happened? Is there, like, like I think so-and-so's body is in your closet. You know, like, you took them out, and you, you, you know, you just kind of came out and pretended to be them, because I, I literally don't even recognize you. That might have been a little bit over the top. Sorry about that. Um, but, it brings up a lot of questions. You start to think. You start to go, well, all right, authority. Um, well, what do I do with authority then? Uh, what do I do with authority when I totally disagree with it? What do I do with authority when they're telling me to do something that I know even God wouldn't want me to do? Well, those are some of the questions that we're going to answer tonight. But I'm just praying, guys, that you'll take this seriously, that you won't tune out, that you won't fall asleep, that you'll hang with me. Because like I said, I believe this is the difference between you going home and same old tonight with your mom, with your dad, and maybe a new start. It's the difference between going to the office Tuesday or going back to school Tuesday and being a totally different person on a totally different mission than you've been on when it comes to your relationship with these authority figures in your life. And so if you're not a Christian, we're glad you're here. Thanks for coming. You might be thinking, what does this have to do with me? Well, it has as much to do with you as it does anybody else. And I hope tonight that you'll see that God's way works, and that what his word says really can change lives. And maybe that will start to give you some confidence in who he is and what he says about other things. So let's look at First Timothy, and here's what we're doing. We're going to be in chapter 2 tonight, and we're going to look at the result first. Before we talk about what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it, we're actually going to look at what Paul tells Timothy will happen if we interact with authority the right way. It's kind of long, just stick with me. Here's what it says in verse three. This is good and pleases God our Savior. So right off, we find out that if we interact with authority the right way, that we're pleasing to God. 
So then it says, who wants all men to be saved, to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Now, if you're not a Christian, just listen to this for a second. I know we're talking about authority, but catch this. So this man Christ Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all men, took, took our place. We, we deserved God's consequence on our sin, on the way that we've lived. He gave himself as a ransom, the testimony given in its proper time. And for this purpose, I, Paul, was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying and a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. So what is the result? Paul says there's, there's two results when you interact rightly with authority. Number one, it pleases God. And that should be a huge motivation for us. Why should you respect your mom? Why should you respect your dad? Why should you walk into the office on Tuesday or the school on Tuesday and respect those authorities? Just simply, first of all, because it pleases God. Okay? Now, I know 99% of us in the room here are like, okay, I didn't, uh, you know, yes, I should. That should make me just want to do it. But is there more? Yes, there's more. Number two, Paul says God's, willing that, God's wanting that all men will come to a relationship with him. God, God wants people saved. God wants people to come to know who Jesus is. Do you guys realize the power of your life that you can influence the authorities in your life and actually bring them to a relationship with Jesus? I mean, you students that, that have teachers that aren't saved, you, you, you kids here in the room tonight that have parents that aren't saved, you, you co-worker, or you workers that have co-workers or bosses or supervisors that aren't saved. I mean... The heart of God is that you actually reach these people with his love. Okay? So the question is, is all right, now what do we do? What do we do? How do we interact with authority so that so we can please God and lead people to God? First Timothy chapter one. Here we go. Or chapter two, verse one says this. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority. So he starts out. And he says, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for everybody, all right, for all men. But then he, he gives us this category that's all to itself. What does he say? I want you to pray for kings and for those in authority. That's what I want you to do. He, he kind of makes them in a league of their own. And he says, yeah, yeah, pray for everybody. But, but here's, here's two I want to set apart. Kings and those in authority, those that are over your life. So what does he tell us to do? He tells us to pray for them. Pray for them. Who's that, who's that teacher that drives you insane? Pray for them. Right? Pray for them. You're like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure she's human. I'm pretty sure it's not Satan really in, in the body right there. Like, I'm pretty sure she's an actual human being, okay? Pray, pray for her. Right? Your, your mom, your dad, pray for them. Your boss, do you pray for them? I mean, I think about even on a, on a big scale. You know, we don't have kings, but we have president, right? And... I think about our president. Those of you guys in the room who would say, ah, he's not doing a good job. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you prayed for him as much as you've criticized him? Right? All the Democrats in the room are feeling good right now. Well, let's go president back. Bush, did you pray for him as much as you criticized him for all of his strange language and his sovereignty and all that good stuff, right? All right? Did, did, you, did you pray for him? Did you, or did you just simply say, oh, gosh, the guy can't even, Right? So that's kind of on a grand scale, but, but let's narrow it down. Okay, so parents, do, you just, do, you just drive, like, do they just drive you crazy and you just react to them because they're authority and you didn't get your way? Or do you pray for them? Your teachers, your bosses, same thing. If that weren't enough, he goes on a little bit more, right? He, he, said, he didn't just say pray for them, but he actually said thank God 
for them. Thank God for them. You kidding me? I got to thank God for my boss. I got to thank God for my teacher. I got to thank God for my parents. Some of you guys are going, okay, I I could probably handle that, but you're going to hate this next part then. He says, do all this that we may live peacefully or peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. What does that mean? He says, okay, don't just pray for them. Don't just thank me for them, but live lives in all quietness, godliness, holiness. What is he talking about here? He's not just saying pray for them. He's not just saying thank me for them. He's actually saying something so much more difficult. Saying obey them. Obey them. Don't just pray. Don't just thank, but obey them because that's how you live a quiet, peaceful, holy, godly life. Let me just ask you a question. Can you live a godly, holy, peaceful, quiet life and be in complete rebellion against the authorities in your life? No. And so he's saying here, it's not about just how you pray, because we can all pray, right? We can all, oh, God, bless that person. Oh, God, please be with them. And then go right, right around back, right? Rebel, lie, talk bad about them. You can, we can even thank God for them and then go and do our own thing. But he says, look, belief and life are intertwined. Don't just have faith and pray for them. Don't just think, but actually live this. Live a God-honoring, holy, peaceful, quiet life when it comes to the authorities in your life. Ouch, right? That's, that's a little bit more tough. Well, why? Why should we do that? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Maybe this will be it for you. Maybe you won't even need to listen to the rest of the message tonight. Maybe some of you just need to hear this. This will, this will unlock your relationship with your parents. This will unlock your relationship with your boss. Spouses, this will unlock some of the relationships in your, in your lives. Students, teachers, right? It's this thought. You're not going to like it at first. God put the authority that's in your life, in your life. God put the authority that's in your life, in my life, in our lives. He, he did it. And you ready for this? If that's true, when you obey authority, you obey God. When you obey authority, you obey God. If he has ultimate authority and he said, okay, I'm going to give you some authority, teacher. I'm going to give you some authority, uh, you know, Obama. I'm going to give you some authority, parent. I'm going to give you some authority, boss. Then if he's the one giving it and he's the one over it, then when you obey that authority, you're obeying God and his order of setting things up. And here's the flip side. When you disobey that authority, who are you ultimately disobeying? It's not just that person. It's God. The Bible tells us, all throughout scripture, that God gave authority. He gave authority in the church. He gave authority in the home, in marriage, in government, in the workplace. And so you see all throughout scripture that God is just delegating out this authority. And so it's not just your teacher that you're not listening to. It's not just your mom or your dad that you're not listening to. It's not just your boss that you're completely ignoring or doing it your own way or wishing you could. But it's actually God. I'll try to illustrate it to you this way. When I was first a youth pastor here about 10 years ago, we started with about six kids, seventh and eighth grade kids. And uh, one of them just was unbelievable. And uh, he literally, I I remember one day walking through the room and a bunch of the kids are watching a movie on on the TVs downstairs. Walking through the room and he's he's got a ping pong paddle in his hand and he's hitting a girl in the head with a ping pong paddle. Okay? 
So here I am, I'm the authority figure, and I said, dude. <laughs> and I, I literally got him up by his shirt against the wall. <laughs> Joey's nodding because he was there. And it wasn't Joey, it wasn't Joey. Joey actually, we used to call him Jiminy because he was everyone's conscience, like from uh, whatever that ship. Pinocchio, is that it? Yeah, yeah. So I got this kid up against the wall. I said, if you, because he's hitting a girl in the head with a ping pong. I said, if you ever hit this girl in the head with a ping pong pal, right? And he obeyed. Now, slightly because I could have killed him. But um, <laughs> we had a good relationship, honestly. And, and beyond that, right, a lot of the kids, if I said something, they'd listen. They'd obey. I'd come down and say, dude, drop the ping pong paddle now, right? They'd listen, okay? But there were also volunteer youth workers, who would come on Friday nights, give up their Friday night, not go to the movies, not go out, not, not eat dinner out. They'd come here to help me stop kids from hitting other kids with ping pong paddles. And as they would do that, right, let's say I left the room and he picked up that ping pong paddle again. He'd just start doing whatever he wanted. And, and the leaders that were there would say, dude, stop. And he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't listen. Why not? Because he didn't understand that to disobey them was to disobey me. He'd listen to me. He wouldn't listen to them. He'd obey me, but he would ignore them. And the reality, guys, is that as he was doing that, every time he disobeyed one of the leaders, he was really ultimately disobeying me. Because I, when I got the job, was given some authority. And then when those leaders came along aside and said, we'll give up our Friday nights to help you do this, I gave them some of my authority and said, all right, you guys, what you say goes. If I'm not in the room, go for it. You tell them what to do. I, I support you. And... When that kid or those kids would just completely ignore them, ultimately, it wasn't just those leaders they were ignoring. They were ignoring me and, the vice, and vice versa as well, right? When, when Jiminy over there would, would listen and would hear and would respond to them just like he would me, he was obeying them, he was obeying me at the same time. Do you guys see how that works? And that's exactly what's happened in our relationship with God. God has ultimate authority. He says, you know what? I'm going to put these people in authority over these lives. And some of you guys are thinking, yeah, but, but they're messed up. Yeah, but so are you. So am I, right? I mean, if, if being messed up meant we couldn't have authority, no one would be in authority. Now, some of you guys are thinking, what, what about when somebody asks me to do something that God, I know, wants me not to do? Well, that's your one loophole. That's the one time. That we see in scripture. And honestly we see it all throughout scripture. We see people that were told. Don't, don't worship God anymore. Stop talking about this Jesus guy. Raise him back from the dead. And the people would just ignore them. Why? Because they would say we have to obey God. Rather than man. I can't listen to you. You can do whatever you want to me. In fact Paul the guy who wrote this letter to Timothy. In about 65 AD had his head chopped off. Because he wouldn't stop talking about Jesus. So here's a guy who says. Look I'm going to obey. I'm going to submit. I'm going to respect. But. I'm also going to obey God rather than men. Now, here's the thing. We can't use that as an excuse. Okay? Your parents said be home at 10. You're going, I know they said be home at 10, but the, man, I'm feeling the spirit of God so strongly saying midnight right now. Like, I've never heard from God like this, right? Right? I, I fasted the last five minutes. I'm good, right? You just tuned in. You're in the zone with the spirit of God, right? You can't use it as an excuse, right? Because ultimately, to obey authority is to obey God. To disobey authority is to disobey God. And so he placed that authority in your life for a reason. You might even go, why? We all ask that question about the authority in our life. Every one of us. 
Why? Why? Why won't they let me? Why won't they? Because the ultimate authority, God, understands and knows that there are times and ways and, and things that we need to be stretched through. There are times, guys, I know you're not going to like this. There are times we need to hear no. It's the best thing for us. We need to hear, get back. No, you're grounded. No, sit down. No, you can't do the project that way. No, that's not the sales approach we're taking. No, you're going to rewrite the paper. The best thing for us. And so God lovingly is the authority. He sets up the authority over us. And the only time we should ignore that authority is when we go, uh, God's authority supersedes yours. God's authority is greater than yours. And so if you're telling me to do something against him, then I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to him. Some of you guys might be thinking, man, this is just like over the top, man. This is, I'm never coming to church again. This stinks, right? Well, listen to this, okay? First Timothy 6, a few chapters ahead. He says in verse 1, All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect, so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Those who have believing masters are not to show less respect for them because they're brothers. Instead, they're to serve them even better because those who benefit from their service and believe, are believers and dear to them. These are the things that you are to teach and urge on them. So Paul is even telling slaves, right? I mean, if you're feeling like, oh, how, how, what right does he have to tell me to obey authority? He's even telling slaves, Honor your masters. Honor these people. Now, there's a big, big difference that we have to point out here for a second. When we talk slavery, first century, and slavery, American history, two very different things. And if you're not a Christian, and one of the things that's bothered you about the Bible is the fact that he affirms slavery, it's nothing like you think. Obviously, we all know the the horrors of American slavery. Well, first century slavery was a lot different. A slave in the first century was usually... Uh, someone that had sold themselves into slavery, they were not treating uh, like American, you know, the American historical slaves where they actually could own land, they could run business, they could get married, they could buy themselves out, they could free themselves after a certain number of years. So it was a whole different ballgame. But still, having said that, this is an extreme situation here where Paul's saying, look, even you who sold yourself into slavery, even you, You need to honor those that are over you. Well, why? Because God is the ultimate authority and he's placed those other authorities in our lives. Now, some of you guys are just like, all right, but I got to be honest. I don't don't even know how to do this, Doug, because you don't know my mom. (laughs) You you don't know my dad. You, You don't know my boss. You don't know the teachers you're talking about here. You don't know my supervisor at work. I have zero desire. Okay, it'll please God. Maybe it'll help them come to Christ. Great, great. But you know what? I just honestly, I have no ability because I have no respect for this person. Well, what's the key then? What is it that will motivate you? What is it that will get you to begin to live a life where not only will you suffer your way and and force your way through this and and submit to authority, but, but when will you actually do it willingly? When will it actually come out of a heart that wants to honor God by honoring your authority? There's a key. And we actually already read it together. Let's just read it again. Verses 1 and 2. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority. And here's this word, that. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. That word, that, is so important. Because what he says is, 
He says, all right, we need to pray and thank God so that. In fact, a lot of the translations say so that right there. The way that you live a peaceful and a quiet life, a godly and a holy life when it comes to the authority is by praying. He says, pray and intercede and thank me for them so that you can live a peaceful and a quiet life. So this is like a real big deal here. And if you think you got it, I don't know if you did yet. He says, pray for that authority in your life. Why does he say pray for them? Well, number one, because your prayer might change them. Right? I mean, that's, that's definitely potential. Prayer works. We've seen that. That's why we're here tonight. But you know, I think the most powerful part of this is not that prayer works to change them as much as prayer works to change you and to change me. Because when we start praying for God, or we start praying to God for these people, suddenly, yeah, they might change. God might work on their heart. God might begin to do new things. But our heart, begins to become transformed. Our heart begins to soften. Our heart starts to go, you know what? There's, this is like wacky. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, but there's a desire in me to honor this person. There, there, there's something in me right now that actually wants to be kind to my, my mom or my dad or that coworker or, or that boss or teacher. So it's, this prayer is powerful. And I think the most powerful part is what it does in your heart. And in mine. So here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to take away. Here, here it is. Okay, if, if to obey authority is to obey God. And prayer is how we get there. Then I want you to think about this. When we pray for authority. We obey authority. When we pray for authority. We obey authority. That's where we'll end up. That's where it'll lead us. He says, pray and intercede and thank me for these people in your life so that you'll live these lives of obedience and honoring those authorities in your life. When I think about my own life, I think about uh, somebody, and I've talked a little bit about this in the past, but somebody years and years ago when I was working at a different church, it used to just drive me crazy. I just couldn't stand this person, honestly. And I would just, you know, always, fr- always frustrated with this person, you know, and never really honestly wanted to talk to them or spend any time with them. And, and so I just, I just knew I had to start praying for this person. So I'm praying and I'm praying and I'd pray for God, just make her stop being so freaking annoying. And, you know, just like all these horrible prayers, you know. And then every once in a while I'd slip in like, God, like, I guess maybe my heart <laughs> needs some work too. God, begin to change my heart. Begin to change my attitude. God, give me love for this person. And honestly, over time, I can say that this girl did not stop being as annoying as she was. She was no different, but I was different. My heart had changed. And I can say that in that there was so much power and it led to a completely different friendship within that group. And so I don't know who it is for you, or what it is, but I know that as I've been talking tonight, every single one of you has had at least one face in mind. And I know what you've been thinking, but Doug, you don't know my story. You don't know the history. You don't know how they embarrassed me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know how demanding they are. You don't know how many times I've been through this before. That doesn't change the fact that God has placed that authority in your life for whatever reason. I can't tell you why, because I'm not him. But he's placed 
that person there for a reason. And I just feel like I should say this. I didn't plan to, but one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and don't get lost here, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is when Hagar is running away from Sarah. If you don't know the story, it's really not that big a deal. Basically, uh, Hagar was basically a, not a slave, but a servant to this woman, Sarah. And Sarah was basically mistreating her in a lot of ways. And so Hagar's out. She's running. And all of a sudden, there's this incredible conversation where an angel comes to her and says, where have you come from and where are you going? She says, I'm running away from Sarah. And the angel says to her, go back to your mistress, Sarah, and submit to her. But, but you don't understand the backstory, see? Because Sarah was mistreating me. Why, why should I go? Go back to your mistress, Sarah, and submit to her. And some of us, guys, that's the most powerful thing we could take away from tonight. Is go back to your mom. Submit to her. Go back to your dad. Submit to her. Go back to your boss. Go back to your professor. Go back to your teacher. And submit to her. Submit to him. Because to obey authority is to obey God. And how you get there is to pray. To say, God, change them. But God, also change me. You see, in these verses, it starts out with him saying, pray for the authority in your life. Thank God for the authority in your life. And then he says, so that you can live the life you're supposed to live. Isn't that crazy? Pray for them so you can live the life I want you to live. It's powerful. It's life changing. It will be home changing. It will be office changing. It will be school changing. And so what I want you to do is pray for that authority. Because when you pray for authority, you obey authority. And to obey authority is to obey God. Don't take that lightly. Don't miss out, guys. I know it feels hard. I know it's tough. Don't miss out on all the things that God wants to work in your heart. All the incredible things he wants to do to stretch you, to change you, to to teach you things. If you're in the middle of a situation where the authority over you is just messing with you and you're seeing how imperfect they are. But guys, I dare you to pray for that authority on a consistent basis every day and not change. I dare you. There's no way if you for the next month said, I'm going to pray for my mom. I'm going to pray for my dad. I'm going to pray for that boss every day for the next month. I'm going to pray prayers like this. God, that person is imperfect just like me. We both need your grace. We're both a mess apart from you. God, bless that person. God, draw that person to you. If they have a relationship with you, draw them closer. If they don't, show them who you are. God, I pray that they'll succeed. I pray that my boss, his sales will go through the roof. I pray that my parent, man, I pray that work will go well for them. I pray that their marriage would be stronger. I pray for our relationship. I dare you to pray that way for a month. Because you'll be a different person. That relationship will be totally changed and transformed in 30 days. Perfect? No. But different? Yes. So will you do that? Will you go to God? And for those of you who right now are hearing me say all this and just feeling like, oh man, I'm hearing what you're saying, man, but I just don't even want to. Then that's the place to start tonight. It's to say, God, I don't want to obey you by obeying my authority right now. 
I don't want to obey my professor. I don't want to obey my teacher. I don't want to obey my boss. Just bring it before him. Be real. But this is powerful, life-changing stuff. And the truth is that when we pray for authority, we'll obey authority. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the authorities in our life. And I think for all of us in the room, probably myself included, the place we need to start is just by asking forgiveness, God, for the way that we do treat the authorities in our lives. And I just pray, God, over the relationship between parents and kids that are represented in this room. I pray for the relationships at work and school. I also pray for marriages. And I pray, God, that you will do incredible things. Incredible things as we surrender to those that you've placed in our lives. I pray that your mercy would be at work in these relationships and that in 30 days, marriages and relationships between kids and parents and relationships with teachers and students and bosses and coworkers and supervisors and all kinds of different people, God, would just be totally changed and repaired. And God, how exciting would it be not only for these changes to be made, but God, for these bosses and these parents and these teachers to actually find life in you because they're seeing such a difference in us. They're wondering what's going on in our lives to make us act this way. And we can point them to you. If you're a Christian, would you spend a few minutes praying for the authorities in your life? Genuinely praying for them. And if you're not a Christian, this works for you too. This might be the way that you see that God's really there. That you begin to pray. As crazy as it might seem tonight, you might be agnostic tonight, you might be atheistic, you might come from a different religious background, just be thinking, this is crazy. But maybe for you, the first step is just to say, all right, I'll try this thing. God, if you're there, would you show up in my office? Would you show up in my home this week? Change my heart. And if any of you guys tonight want to respond to God, as I was reading, in the middle of those verses there where it talks about how Jesus gave his life as a ransom for us. If any of you guys are going, man, I want a relationship with this God. I want to know this God. I want to enjoy the forgiveness that he gives and brings. Then you can just pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you that you're doing something in my heart tonight. I pray you'll forgive me for my sins, God. And let me know what it is to live closely with you. Thank you for this gift that you've given me tonight. In your name, amen.